Uh, my friends. Not much. We're going to have our attorney, Mr. Mike Lindsay, on the pod. Um, just, just real quick, tell the people about the Christmas movie you saw today. I saw The Polar Bear Express. It was a classic movie. I didn't get a chance to finish all of it, but if you if you ever watched The Polar Bear Express, it's a real wholesome movie. Um, came out in about 2004. Tom Hanks. Y'all remember Tom Hanks was on Chris was was on that. It was about a young boy. It was on Christmas Eve. He saw a mysterious train head to the boat pool, and then he joined several. Uh, he joined several kids to uh, on the verge to go see Santa Claus. It's a really good movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. Um, I just saw something on you know Twitter that uh Tom Cruise teared into the Mission Impossible Seven crew in London for breaking COVID protocol rules, and he said that he will stop the shoot if if and everyone's gone. He warned them. If they're going to continue to break the rules, you know, and Tom Cruise, just like, you know, casually Michael K will say, I'm going to swing it around. And, you know, Tom, Tom Cruise has that weight. And also, this is his franchise, man. Let's 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 not forget the Mission Impossible franchise is Tom Cruise's franchise. So. I'm I'm pretty sure the backers who's ever swinging this project will be okay with whatever Tom Cruise says. Um. So there's that. Uh. Possibly. As far as next week, me and James will be on another platform. Maybe we have an opportunity. And. We're going to talk it out. We're going to figure it out. And maybe all that will happen. So the podcast isn't going anywhere. It just may be doing a little something different. Yeah, man. Um, you got, it's like the Eminem song. You got one shot, one opportunity. Would you capture it or let it slip? So we'll see. We'll see what happens, and, uh, you know, if it's good, cool, if it's not, well, we come back through and be like, hey, we're back on here, let's go. Absolutely. And, uh, yesterday Mike also put on Twitter that he's trying to get his following up. So we'll see. Okay, so he hasn't achieved his goal. Last night, he said that he wants 60, 100 followers. And at that time, he was at 5,800 something. And it, he wanted 6,100 followers by the end, the end of yesterday. So this today he extended it till noon. So he didn't get it. And the goal was t- for him to get the follows 
and he would buy 10 t-shirts off uh, 26 shirts. And that's a Buffalo affiliated company. And all the money goes to charity. So, you know, I'm I'm truly sure that he that he planned on doing that anyway, but just to get followers from that. Very, very cool. And uh, so that will be a question we're gonna ask him. And we're gonna talk Bills, we're gonna talk Yankees, you know. We're we're gonna talk a lot of fun stuff. Uh, we always have he's 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 one of the guy and uh that that we constantly have in the pod. He's smart, he's brilliant, he cracks jokes and it's 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 always a fun time. That's actually fun and my I love the talking with Michael he's 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 phenomenal. He's a goat. I like talking to goats. That's 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 very very true. Yeah, and um, also don't forget we do have a giveaway, but that's gonna be more towards later. You know, that's gonna be later. I just want to point that out there. But we gotta give props to Big Giannis. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I, 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 I just saw a tweet you put. Forty-four minutes ago, I normally don't do this, but unless you found Jesus Christ Himself, ain't nobody better than me. So fuck all the way off, you fat cunt. Don't ever call Mister again. <laughs> Go right in hell. You obviously met me, but what the fuck happened? What the fuck's going on out here? My ex decided to leave me a voicemail out of nowhere and saying, like, well, I find someone better than you who treats me right unlike you. And I'm like, okay, what does that have to do with me? And then I decided to go, I had an immature moment. So I unblocked her and called her and said, unless you found Jesus Christ, ain't nobody better than you. It's not my fault. You're fat, you're ugly, you're gross, and you're stank. <laughs> oh man! So I basically destroyed her entire life. So I, I got to. <laughs> Yo, that's the best thing I ever heard in my life. Way to go, James! And by the way, to make matters worse, I was like, your sister was better in bed than you, and then I hung up. <laughs> Yo. Yo, we love the punch out here. We love, we all oh man, we love the punch. That was, that was beautiful. That was like, <laughs> uh, she's on the ground. She's turning it up. James going on the top rope. He gives the indicator, and boom! James slammed from the top rope, putting her all the way. Oh man. Uh, I know what it is in wrestling terms. I just drop the ultimate elbow, and you're not getting up. Like, one, two, three. <laughs> Who's the people's champ? Oh man, and that's a great way to lead into Mike. That's that's funny. That's hilarious. And James basically said, "Listen, we're gonna give no fucks." James is a savage, and you know what? That's gonna be part of the title, man. That was savagery at its finest. We like that out here in these Twitter streets. And, 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 and Nick, 
Am I normally a savage guy? Hell no. You know, you you one of the nicest people in the world. Sometimes you let people push all over you, and sometimes, but I I I like that you took a page of my book and said, you know what? I don't give a fuck. Fuck your feelings. I'm gonna be a bitch to you today. Yeah, man. That's why I learned from you because you are kind of rubbing off on me. That's what's up out here in these streets. While we wait for Mike, did she did she say why uh she just randomly left that voicemail? She she called to say hey hey you piece of crap I found someone better than you and I just want to let you know. So that just so that you're thinking of me, I want you to know that we're never getting back together. So that basically means she was thinking of you, and she just wanted to use that excuse to try to talk to you, but but could you didn't pick up? First of all, it was a it was a, it was a no one caller ID, and I don't pick up no caller ID. So if I don't recognize the number, or if the number is not saved in my phone, I'm not picking up. Like, you know what? 
and and she she could be lying. Maybe she don't have a man. Maybe she thought you were gonna be a little bitch, and maybe she thought that you would beg her, and then maybe she would turn it into. It's okay, I forgive you. And maybe she was trying to get a gift. Because what's coming up, guys? What's next week? James, what's next week? Christmas! Christmas! That's right. And what happens the week after Christmas? New Year's. There you go. So that's two convenient holidays. And what's... What what happens a month after Christmas? Well, technically two months. Technically two months. Valentine's Day. There you go. So how how convenient that this girl tries to hit you up? Cause me, you know, if if you're if you're in a relationship, sometimes there will be times where you'll just randomly. J- just because it's Wednesday, show your girl you love her. But I believe there's guaranteed gift days in, in a relationship. Birthday. Christmas. Valentine's Day. Anniversary. Those are, and, and those, and, and maybe not Christmas for the second part, but three out of those four are usually guaranteed sex nights as well. Um, you, know, you know, especially if you play your cards right. Um, but, and then, so, <laughs> so, maybe she was trying to get a Christmas gift out of you, you know? Maybe, maybe she was like, oh, you know what? He does have a good job, you know? Maybe she was trying to get fifth for you to spend 50 plus dollars on her. And then, you know, maybe she was very okay. Spend a bunch of money on bottles for, for New Year's, you know. And then, you know, she, she'd hold on to you through January, you know. Probably make, probably make, your, make you buy, buy yourself for January too. And then February comes. Spend the whole Valentine's Day. And then maybe she let it go a week or two just so it's not obvious. And then maybe March 1st. She just breaks up with you, and may and maybe she would think that you wouldn't think about any of that, but there 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 are women that do that type of stuff, and and it's foul, you know. Just like there are guys who make girls fall in love with them just so they can get stuff, and that's wrong too. You shouldn't do that, right? If you can tell that a girl is into that, like 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 if you know this this is the type of girl. That are super clingy, and that if you say I love you, she'll do whatever you want. That's not the reason why you say I love you. The reason why you would say I love you is because you love her, not just to get her in bed, right? And 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 mostly that 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 usually only works for for younger girls, high school girls, you know. Like when you were in high school, I knew a lot of people that that did stuff like that, you know. And, and, but maybe there are some women that are hopeless romantic. Maybe there are some women that actually believe in shit like that. So, so, you know, us as men, 
that them as women. It it just gotta be a mutual respect thing. And you know what? See, if it was me, I would have saved that voicemail and played it on the pod. That's exactly what I would have done. So, any of my exes, if y'all ever be that stupid to do that, just know it is going on the pod. See, James wasn't trying to be full savage. He wasn't trying to do that. But he sh- next time, sir, you should do that. Because, especially, because if she's, if she's dumb enough to do this the first time, she will do it again. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're not wrong, and I don't like dragging people, especially on social media, because I hate that. I'm humble. I normally don't like dragging people, because... Getting dragged on social media is not fun. Because God forbid you say wrong, wrong thing, someone's gonna drag you. But well, that's now. Now Mike is ready. We're gonna. So, Mike, back again, back again. We always love having you on. Um, you know, you you put out a you know a good tweet yesterday, and the goal wasn't made. Um, but but I also assume that you're gonna. Buy those T-shirts anyway. Is that right? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I did it today uh, with uh, those guys. I don't work with them, but you know, I've had their, the founder. The co- basically, how it works is, you know, it's a great time of year to you know to do charity things. And, um, there's a group in Western New York um, called Twenty Six Shirts, and they make basically Buffalo Bills and Sabres shirts. You know, kind of uh, themed stuff. In fact, I'm wearing one right now, and it's called uh, it's it's Abbott Road instead of Abbey Road. You know, and it's got the the legendary Bills of you know the '90s. So Thurman Thomas, Bruce Smith, Jim Kelly, and Andre Reid. So the owner and operator, Del Reed, is actually the co-founder of the actual name Bills Mafia, and so. Um, I just had a really quick thought. I think it was yesterday morning. I said, you know what? I said, maybe what I'll do is to get awareness. And the Twitter followers have nothing to do with on my side because I could get 40 retweets on a podcast. And you guys know how this goes. Right. It doesn't mean you're going to get 700,000 listens off of it, right? So yeah. um, I just threw it out there. And I said, hey, you know what? If you guys want to bump me up, give it a number, which would allow Bill's Mafia, the best fan base in professional sports, by the way, uh, to retweet and like and you know, kind of bring more awareness Boom. So, um, but no, I, I, it was 6,100. It doesn't matter. I don't even know what it has, it's at now, but I did it anyways. And uh, they're a great group, man. And it's been a fun season so far for the Bills. It's been, you know, a heck of a, an NFL campaign. And, you know, we're kind of at the end of this year. And, and God willing, next year is way better for everybody. You're, you're a little uh, over 6,000. You're at 6,022. Okay. I have no idea what it is. The, the point is, is it helped out Dell and, uh, you know, twenty six shirts, and he's a good dude, and I have him on all the time, and um, yeah, it's just a, it's just a good time to, to to do it and close out the year, and um, you know, they're very proud of. Hey, Mike, what's going on, brother? It's your boy James here. Um, I gotta say this: you must be off the moon with your Buffalo Bills. How do you feel about the Bills? Well, I mean, listen, it's been an unbelievable season. Um, you know, we're dealing with a 10-3 and three football team and a team that, you know, might be uh, one play away from being the best team maybe in the NFL, um, in the AFC. However, 
I don't go along those lines because I think that that play also helped them stay focused. Sports are weird, man. You guys know this. You can give up a play like that, and the bye week was coming, to which you'd say, okay, let's see what you're made of. Is that going to hurt your soul, or is it going to make you hungry, and is a bye week good for you because that hunger is now times two? Well, guess what? The Bills have won six of seven, and they have not stopped winning since that play. Um, Listen, there's two sides to every coin. In sports media, there's only one because you're supposed to hold an opinion, right? And that's that. But in sports, the storylines, they, 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 there's one and the other. There, there's, a, there, there's a coin and there's two sides. There's two storylines. The Bills right now, yeah, they're having an amazing year. Josh Allen, MVP candidate. Stephon Diggs, all the draft picks, everything they've done pretty much has turned into gold from GM Brandon Bean. And he has gotten his contract extension. Brian Dable has been incredible. The coaching staff overall has been great. They've beaten the Rams. They've beaten the Dolphins. They've beaten, you know, term, I mean, term, the Steelers at home, right? They've beaten the Seahawks. I mean, they're 3-1 against the best division in football. All those things are amazing. And they still need to win the division. But here's the thing, guys. Once they get to the playoffs, that's where your bread is buttered. And the Bills still have a lot to prove. I got into a text message conversation with my buddies about this today. Because a few weeks back, I did a video about and some tweeting that, you know, the Bills aren't elite. And they got mad because, you know, the fan and them, oh, you know, that's not fair. That's, you don't know. You know, but they're fans only. I'm not just a fan. I'm, I, I've been working in business 20 years. What I meant by that was that to be elite, you got to be top five in your sport and be a championship contender. At that time, they were not that. I'm not sure they are right now. But what I do know is that for this particular season, they are an elite NFL team right now. Does that mean anything in the end? We don't know yet. The potential's there. This team could go to the AFC Championship game. It's 2020. I don't know. This team could win a Super Bowl. I can't even believe I'm saying that. But they still have three games to go. They got to win the division. And then from there, you know, who knows? They haven't won a playoff game in 25 years, right? So right now, for this season and here and now, they're an elite team for this year with a ton more to prove as opposed to, you know, a few years ago, the Patriots are elite, right? And if they lose in the playoffs, it doesn't do anything to their legacy, right? But for the Bills, they're trying to build a legacy. So those things are both happening at the same time, and it's okay to say that at the same time. See, for this particular season, you know, it – it kind of hurts seeing the Bills be this, this good, right? Especially because the Pats, you know, it is it is what it is. With with, with COVID, two, two key factors of their defense, gone, not playing. Cam had to miss three games because of COVID, gone, wasn't playing. You know, and, and let's just face it, you know, even if they make the last seed of the playoffs, right, they're not they're not going further than that. So I'd rather them not make the playoffs and just lose the rest of the games. Uh, you know, obviously they're not losing to the Jets, which sucks, but I would love for them to lose the next three, get the best draft pick as possible. But going to the Bills, you know, the question is, can Josh Allen win you a playoff game, right? Because even going back to last year, you're up 16-0 against the Texans, right? Deshaun Watson is good, but let's but let's be honest, he's, you know, overall that team wasn't sucked, sucked in the playoffs, right? So is Josh Allen the quarterback that will take you to the next level and compete with the Chiefs, 
compete with the Ravens and compete with whatever NFC top team that they eventually meet in the Super Bowl? Well, that's that's the question. I mean, you you just you just hit it. You just nailed it. I mean, that's the, that's what we're all waiting for. See, this is <laughs> this is the, the the crazy. The NFL is out of control. The NFL with armchair quarterbacking, Monday morning quarterbacking, rushing to the next contract, rushing to the next phenom, rushing to the next dynasty. What are we going to do here? What happens if he doesn't win this year in the playoffs? Okay. What happens if he doesn't win this year in the playoffs? And next year, he still gets all the money, and the Bills go to the AFC title game next year, and they go to the Super Bowl after that. What happens if the Bills win a Super Bowl? One, one, that's it. By the way, that's all I want, guys. Really, just give, just give me one, okay? Um, but, you know, like, what happens if he wins one in his career? He is God in that town. Now, look, once you win one, expectations change. Everything goes crazy from there. What are they going to do the next year? Can they repeat, right? That's just natural stuff. It's like the Cubs win 108 years as, you know, the, the lovable losers and then people were throwing the, the D word around, the dynasty word around. And look at all these core players from Schwarber to Bryant to you know, Addison Russell. And they've got you know, Epstein, the best GM in baseball, and all the pitching staff. And now they just blew up basically the entire team except for like a few guys that are not done yet, right? So that's only natural. But that, that is the ultimate question. When they get into the postseason, is Josh Allen going to be this Josh Allen we've seen in the last several weeks? The guy who is calm. Great at pre-snap, throwing shoulder hitches to the left side and bullets that look like John Elway into the corner of the end zone, throwing dimes to Stefan Diggs, adjusting, not turning the ball over, not doing these wild back laterals with his knees almost down on the ground. Is he the guy who's going to be able to not panic, not throw into triple coverage, not throw off his back foot? Is he going to be the guy who's going to be a third down machine? Because let's let's face it, the postseason, it's three things to me. Turnovers, and there's a lot of things. Turnovers, right? Red zone offense, and third down, right? I mean, think about how huge those three things are in the postseason, right? I mean, those are, those are monumental. That's why Tom Brady and Joe Montana and all these guys, that's why they're so they're legendary in those spots, right? And so it's like in baseball, it's a two out hit, right? In hockey, it's a power play goal. In the NBA, it's a it's a three point shot or a turnaround fade from MJ with the clock at two. So I don't. The question is exactly what you just said. Is Joe? We don't know yet. But he's twenty four. Also, I mean, he you know he's not. He's not 31, 32, but you gotta, you do have to get there repeatedly to learn from your mistakes, to learn on the big stage. And I actually think, and the final thing I'll say about this, if the Bills somehow, and remember, the number one seed, that's it for the bye. There's only one team that gets a, that gets the two week bye because of the extra playoff team. The number two team's playing right out of the gate. If the Bills somehow end up in the AFC Championship game, which will be probably in Kansas City, they can get knocked off. But let's face it, they're the favorite as long as they're playing the way they are. You know what? Arrowhead not at 80,000 fans. I mean, does that help Josh Allen? It might. It might. So this is just a wild situation. But, but you nailed it. It's Josh Allen. Is it going to be last year's Houston Josh Allen? Or Josh Allen against the Niners, Josh Allen against the Steelers in the second half. And whatever Josh Allen you get, 
so so go the Bills, man. So go the Bills. One thing about the Bills that um, this year that I noticed is you nailed it. Josh Allen has progressed, and there and. Stephon Diggs has been playing well. You got Cole Beasley, you know, he's been called Measley Beasley, but Measley Beasley's been playing some, some really, really good football. And one thing that is a concern from a Bills fan, that defense ain't, ain't the same as it was last year. Aren't you concerned about, if you're a Bills fan, how that defense will hold up? Because if you're going to play a team like Kansas City, they will score points. Look at this thing. Patrick Mahomes throws three picks. And the Chiefs still put up 33 points. Come on. Like, that, you, you got to be able to slow down a team like the Chiefs who can score in bunches. It's easy to play teams like the Steelers who are offensively challenged because Big Ben looks like he's at the end. But playing a team like Kansas City who can just score at will, that's going to be fun for the Bills going forward. Well, first of all, you're right. I mean, look, this is not the defense from a couple of years ago. The last two years, it was a top three, top you know, five, and you know, big time, big time, big time defense. Uh, great on third down, you know, as the game went on for sure. But they were they were terrific, no question. And that was a defense that Sean McDermott basically remade after Rex Ryan screwed it up because Rex Ryan screws everything up. And but here here's the thing. Defense wins championships. That's what the the old adage is, right? Well, well, that adage is now, you you have to add a word to it, and that's defense helps win championships. You've got to be good. You've got to be just good enough. You know, you've got to be just good enough. I don't think the Bills' defense right now probably is good enough, right? But by the same token, they've been getting better the last several weeks. They were really good in that second half against the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, I know the Hale Murray is what it is, and they had the three best defenders on DeAndre Hopkins. You know, he went up and got it. Um, you know, he timed it right. It was a Michael Jordan-type play. Uh, they've sucked ever since. The Bills have won ever since. Um, their defense has gotten better ever since. Jerry Hughes has been a maniac. Uh, Ed Oliver hasn't even given, given him as much as he probably could. Uh, Epinesa is improving. Klein's improving. Milano's healthy. Edmonds is healthy. Um, you know, in the game against Pitt, I mean, they shut down Ben. I think they, they shut the Pittsburgh Steelers down. And I know that the Steelers have, you know, not been able to run the ball and all that sort of thing. But they had Connor back, and he was completely taken out right away. Leslie Frazier, all the adjustments dominated. 49ers game, defense dominated. Um, so they're coming along, and they still have the best safety tandem in the NFL. I mean, I can't believe the national media just has not caught on to these guys yet. Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer are unbelievable. I mean, they really are. They have a nose for the ball. They pick the ball off. They stop the run. They play great in zone and man. I mean, they're unbelievable. The one-week spot for the Bills, too, that used to be hard. I mean, it was so horrifically bad. You could pretty much pick it apart with any offense, and that was in the middle. And going into this year, the Bills knew that. And that's why they wanted to get a guy by the name of Kyle Duger out of Lenore Ryan. I don't know if you guys recall that name, but the Patriots got him, yeah. okay, I think in the second round, okay? Well, the Bills needed, desperately needed a nickel guy. They didn't get him, and they throw Taron Johnson in there. Taron Johnson carved up, carved up every week. Everybody's, oh, you got to bench him. This guy blows, blah, blah, blah. Well, this past weekend, he had an interception. He had the key play at the end of the, the, the first half, a pick six on Big Ben. It was 9-7, turned the entire game around. So the defense is getting better. 
Right now, are they good enough? Probably not. The Bills, by the way, final thing on this, is that they had the best defensive plan against the Chiefs, according to most people who know more football, uh, who forgot more football than I know. Okay? They still got annihilated. Then it's the Chiefs. <laughs> what, I mean, what do you do? Like, do you go with the Bills game plan where you stack, 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 and, um, you know, you are, you stack, 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 and then come off of it, right? Uh, do you go the other way? Do you blitz the hell out of Mahomes? Do you stay back on Mahomes? Do you fill the middle? And then they throw quick slants, right? Do you blitz like crazy on Mahomes and he throws it over the middle to Kelsey? Um, do you do you play a zone and then Tyreek Hill, you know, kills you short? And then he can beat you one-on-one on the edge. Do you come after him and then he throws it over the top to Hill? I mean, what do you do with him, right? So, like, they backed off and, and you know, played the run. And they stomped him. They ran all over him. Now, it was a one-possession game for a lot of that game, guys, as you remember. But it didn't feel like that, right? It didn't feel like the Bills yeah. were going to be able to overcome that. It, it just it, There's nothing more frustrating as a fan to watch a game and go, man, you're right there. It's a touchdown. Just get the ball back, and then you get it back. You know damn well that you're not going to win. You just had that feeling, right? Like, this just doesn't feel good. And that was also the worst stretch of the game. You want to talk about Cam Newton and COVID and, and all that stuff. Everybody's had to deal with corona. I mean, it, like, so corona can't be an excuse. Because if you want to use Corona as an excuse, there's no team, in my estimation, bias aside, that's had to deal with it more than the Bills. Because the Bills didn't know when they were playing the Chiefs, didn't know when they were playing the Titans, right? They had to wait. There was there was practices that were on hold. The facilities were starting to close. Are we going on the road? Are we not? Are we delayed? They had to play a Monday nighter at, at 5. They had to play a Tuesday nighter. Short week, longer week. What are we doing? I don't know. Who are we prepping for? And that was the worst stretch of the year for the Bills, by the way. So all those things are a factor. Kansas City's the best football team. If they're playing A-plus football, nobody's beating Kansas City. But I think the defensive blueprint for the Bills, I mean, they tried it, and it kind of it kind of was there. So I, it, I'd be interested to see how the Bills approach the Chiefs the second time. Well, whatever the Miami Dolphins did, three out of the first four series this past Sunday – that's what teams have to look at because. But is it though? Is it? Is it? Is it though? I mean, because you can take that blueprint and then you're going to play checkers with Andy Reid, who's playing chess, dude. Like, I, so I don't know if it is. I don't know if there is a blueprint out there. Like, I, I'm not. I don't know. I don't even think that the the the. I don't think that press corners and blitzing on the outside does tons to Mahomes too. I mean, he threw picks. You can't just say, well, he threw interceptions, that's a blueprint. Like, that doesn't that doesn't do anything. I mean, just because, well, he threw picks. Like, so? He threw three picks. What do you do? Like, every Hall of Fame quarterback is throwing three picks in a game in his career. Every single one. I don't even need to look it up. They've thrown two. They've thrown three. Some have thrown four. Everybody does. The bottom line is, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy are already moving on from that plan, right, and the next team that tries to use that, they're just going to throw a chess piece, and they're going to try to move you off with checkers, and it ain't going to work. Like, Mahomes threw those picks, period, but did you see the play where they basically had him dead? I mean, he was dead, and it was just a little, it was like a little flick. It was like, oh, you know, I mean, he threw over double coverage, a bomb to Tyreek Hill on the money. The Dolphins thought they had a perfect defense for that. So I don't know what the blueprint is out there. I really don't. But I don't think the Miami one was. I don't think the Bills one was. I don't know if you can stop the Chiefs, dude. I just don't know if you can stop them right now. I'm, re- You know, in, in the second they get stopped, we might know. I think now 
the blueprint is out there for Lamar. I think Lamar, last night he played great against Cleveland, but like last year's Tennessee blueprint was there. Tennessee used the Bills blueprint. You know, the Bills pretty much only lost to the Ravens because they let Hayden Hurst run wild in the middle uh, to the left in Buffalo, and he took it in, and that was the difference in the game. But I don't know if there's a blueprint for the Chiefs, man. I really don't. This team is... Dude, it's it's like it's like magic, like magic dust fairy football stuff going on with these guys, man. They are freaking, they're a machine. They really are. Yeah, Kelsey and. Go ahead, go ahead, Kelsey and Hill, they they really are so good, and maybe maybe no one will be able to stop them. Um, one last thing with the Bills, a pretty good comparison that I was thinking of is is a little bit, you know. Maybe with the progression, Andrew Luck, right? He gets drafted, and then then in consecutive years, wild card round, loses. But then next year he goes to the division round. Then then the next two years he goes to the title games. But he he ran into two people that made it hard for him to have any success. That was Brady and Belichick. So now maybe Josh Allen, his Brady and Belichick. Maybe they'll be Andy Reid. And Patrick Mahomes, but no doubt the good news is Andy Reid is not is most likely not more likely than not not Bill Belichick. He's not coaching for Mahomes the next 10, 15 plus years, right? And and let's just hope you know Mahomes doesn't want to take pay cuts like Brady. And then if he don't do that, and they have to lose Hill, and they have to lose Kelsey, and they have to lose Coleman. Will he be as good? Because let's face it, he has those weapons. If if he's on if he's on the Jets, if he's on even an average team, I I don't think he's I don't think he, he won the Super Bowl last year. You know, so so that's a big part of Mahomes' six too. He does have the pieces around him. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. First of all, you you always have to look at the era because if you look at the '90s. And Michael Jordan isn't going on, and the Chicago Bulls aren't going on. Malone, Stockton, Ewing, Drexler, Peyton, Sean Kemp. <laughs> I mean, how many guys might have one? Barkley might have one ring, right? right? So you have to look at the era. I'm not so sure about your Andy Reid comment, pal. <laughs> how do you know he's not going to coach 10 more years? He's 62 years old. 62. He's not 72. Bill Belichick is 68 years old. He shows no signs of stepping away. I mean, Andy Reid also just got a new contract. Brett Veach just got a new contract. This GM, Patrick Mahomes, just got his huge deal, and he's going to sign another one after that. And the way the rules are today, if Patrick Mahomes stays healthy, forget it. He's going to play another 15, maybe, maybe, you know, 17, 18 years. So I'm not sure about Andy Reid, not 10 years, man. 10 I I mean, 10 years, he's 72. If he keeps himself in good shape, he keeps eating. Well, that's it right there, right? He's, he's what? He's what? He's, he's, he's old and he's over, what, 300 pounds? I mean, he would have to lose. <laughs> you know. okay. but, but, in, but in fairness, like, you know, at that point, he probably would stop. And he has said that he has stopped, although he would. I don't know, man. Like, you know, some, I mean, I love food. I'm not going to tell anybody I'm, I'm going to stop unless I'm really told to do so, right? But the, 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 point is, the point is this. 
you, you you bring up a phenomenal point that the Mahomes read thing could be a pain in the rear for everybody because you can have a really really good team. Peyton Manning could have won four or five rings. Tom Brady. I mean, you know, Andy. I, my favorite one is, and I know it's not the most popular sport in America, but my favorite one is men's tennis. You know, I always talk about Djokovic and Nadal and Federer. How many major, how many Grand Slams does Murray have, or does Roddick have? If those guys aren't in this era, what about the Tiger era? I mean, does Phil Mickelson have seven? Does he have eight? Does Sergio Garcia have three? Does David Duvall have three or four? Is he not in the in the booth for Golf Channel as soon uh, as he was? Um, I mean, you know, look at all the the guys who have none who could add one, the guys who had three who could add four, five, six. So it, it's a product of the era for sure. Um, but here's the thing. I think one thing to look for is is what we just talked about, I think, could could very well be the, the story in the NFL when it happens. And that is, who's going to find the blueprint for the Chiefs' offense? The Buffalo Bills in the 1990s, the greatest team of all time to never have an NFL title. Okay? Period. End of discussion. I would argue that they're the best t- a team in all of pro sports history to not have a title okay. for a single season, for a single season now. Or you want to look at a almost dynasty, you can do it however you want. But the team that I look at was the 1990 Bills. They beat the Raiders 51-3 to in the, in the AFC title game. That was the primo time of Thurman Thomas and Jim Kelly, Bruce Smith. You had like five, six MVPs on the team. Bill Belichick stopped them. That was it. Yes, he did. And I'm very happy that he did. <laughs> and two nine. I mean, I'm not going to hang up on you for saying that. But the two nine, you know, the, the two nine, the two nine defense was was what worked. I mean, he, he sent the two guys up the shot, uh, right up the shoot there, and then he and then he dropped nine, and he took away all the short passes to Beebe and to Reed, and he took away all the stuff to the tight ends, and he allowed Thurman Thomas to run rapid, and they lost the game. Um, you know, Jim Kelly gets down maybe a yard or two more on the way cash, and that kick goes through. Um, but that's sports. So we still talk about that now. I mean, I'm 40. I was 10 during that Super Bowl. Wow. Um, I remember every second of it. I remember crying that night. I remember listening to Jim Kelly sweating and crying, going, we're going to be back next year. And then they came back three more times. I remember going to, the, to school the next day in a bill shirt and getting made fun of by all the Giant fans. And I... I would go through all those years all over again because the Bills were one of the top two or three teams in the NFL for about six, seven years. I would still do it. Um, Super Bowls will, I don't know if I could do four, but uh, you know, but you get the point. The, the blueprint, where is it? Who's, who's going to come up with it? Todd Bowles? Is Bill Belichick going to come up with it somewhere else? I mean, who's going to come up with the thing to stop KC? It's fascinating. Because right now, I mean, they're just, they're, they're, guys, they're making seven, eight, nine mistakes, including like Mahomes' three picks, and they win. And sometimes it looks like they're toying with teams, right? I mean, it's crazy. Mike, let me let me ask you this question, Mike. Um, obviously, you, you brought up a good point about Mahomes. You, you made a correlate to the 90s Bills. Uh, and, and, yes, the Bills were obviously, and that team should have had at least one Super Bowl. That team was great in the 90s. But now we're talking with Mahomes now. So how do you stop a team? Like, how do you stop Patrick Mahomes? I mean, like, Miami tried. Buffalo tried, but I never thought Buffalo was in that game. Even I never, even when it was the one possession game, I never thought Buffalo was beating the Chiefs. I never thought that. I, I, I knew the Chiefs were still going to win. But how do you stop a team like the Chiefs? What do you do? I mean, I almost feel like right now you need to have an X factor guy who also happens to be a Hall of Fame 
difference maker. In in other words, you know, usually when you start talking over the two weeks before the Super Bowl, right? What's the talk? Well, who's the X factor of this roster? Right? It's one more one more ridiculous thing we can talk about a hundred different ways as we you know take two weeks to play the Super Bowl. Um, I almost feel like it, 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 it takes like a Ray Lewis, you know, like a Ray Lewis who, who not just is your best player, not just your game changer, not just the guy you have to prepare for 10 times in the, in the offensive playbook, but like the guy who he, he's going to either, he's either going to bite or not, you know, he's going to know when to go up and guard Travis Kelsey or not. He's, he's going to know when to blitz up the middle or not. You know, he's going to stop, he's going to strip the ball on third and two from Clyde Edward Dallaire, you know, in the fourth quarter. And just when you thought you didn't have a shot down five, you get the ball back at the 18 yard line. You know, maybe it's that guy, you know, who knows what, what he's doing, a, a spy, uh, a high tech defensive coordinator who we don't know is going to come up with a game plan yet. I mean, I feel like it's going to be one of those deals. You know, it, it's, again, it's fascinating to think about because I don't know how, I don't know how they're going to be stopped. I, I, I just don't. And, you know, here's the other funny thing, right? Like, this game, has, have they hit their ceiling yet? Not even close, right? Like, the Chiefs, I mean, last year, they were down three times in the playoffs, double digits, right? I mean, Texans, Titans, 49ers, right? They won the Super Bowl, dudes. I mean, I mean, think about that for a second. You're down double digits three times in, in, in the playoffs. You win the Super Bowl. And that's like being down, you know, 12 points with six minutes to go in the NBA Finals three times and winning game seven every single time, right? Like that, I mean, so they're ridiculous is what it is. And they haven't even reached the ceiling yet. Now, we're also counting rings and counting division championships and counting conference championships and counting MVPs for Mahomes and Coach of the Year's for Reed. And, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. That's, but, and I think we should all kind of just... You can't do you can't do one day at a time in the NFL because everything is so overblown as it is. But and I'll tell you, if there's ever been early evidence for me of a dynasty in the making in my lifetime, this is it. I mean, these guys are these guys are crazy good. And part of it too is Eric Bieniemy. I mean, Eric Bieniemy is a huge piece. There's 50 and 50, right? How how like what makes an elite quarterback in the NFL? Half of it is the quarterback doing all the things we just talked about. Josh Allen doing. The other half is what's around you. Who's your head coach? Who's your OC? What's the consistency look like? Is your front office good? Are they stand? Do they draft well? Do you have a balanced attack? Did they put guys around you as receivers? Is your offensive line good? Are you healthy? Are they healthy? Right? It's all that stuff. It's scheme. Your opponent has a big, you know, is a big, big deal too. How, how you, you know, how you prepare pre-snap? How you grew from year one to two, from three to five, from six to eight? And I'm telling you, Mahomes is insane. Even with all those weapons, he's terrific. It's going to be fascinating, man. They, they've got the only signs to build one, for sure. See, that that Texans-Chiefs game, that really upset me, right? It is 24 to nothing. Now, granted, you have a whole bunch of quarters to go. but And, and, and I'm glad 28-3 happened because I'm a Patriot fan. But let's be real. That happened in 2016, right? You've seen what can happen if you... Play stupid. If you try to run up the score, mistakes are going to be made. I don't know why teams don't just say, okay, we're up this much points against the Chiefs. Let's run the ball, man. Let's let's waste that clock. Let's be cautious on first downs because that's what happened against the Chiefs. 
for my knowledge, almost every team that ever played the Chiefs, right, they're not able to score enough. And and if you're going to beat the Chiefs, you got to put up a point every series, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown or or when Mahomes has the ball, you got to get a turnover. You got to get a fumble for six. You got to get a pick for six. You you got to make them punt, right? So that that and and, and that's not going to happen, right? No team is going to score every series. You know, Mahomes I don't think will not have a game where he has that many turnovers again. It's not going to happen that often. So that's that's what's going to happen. So if you can't score every series, you know what? Mahomes is going to do a whole lot of winning. He's going to win a lot of championships. So teams have to understand, listen, we have to plan. Just like how teams went in there saying, okay, we have to plan for what Bill's going to do. We have to plan for what Brady's going to do. You know what? Now you're going to have to plan what can Mahomes do. We know we know he can throw the ball sidearm. We know he can run the ball and throw sidearms. We know he, he can run it 64 yards in the air to Tyreek Hill whenever they want, right? So that's what you have to plan for. So unless you're hoping for Tyreek Hill to be a bad father, and we don't want that because I don't want him hurt, hurt, hurting little kids out here, unless you're hoping for for a Kareem Hunt situation, and I don't want that, because let's face it too, if, if Kareem Hunt doesn't kick that lady, you know what? Maybe they beat the Patriots in 2018, and maybe that's when they start their first Super Bowl. So, and so I don't want stuff like that to happen for for them to lose because I don't I don't want people getting hurt. But maybe that maybe that's the only way the Chiefs will be stopped. Well, yeah, I mean, but again, it's like I tweeted this week. I'm sure you guys saw it. You know, the amount of teams that have not won a Super Bowl still in the NFL. I don't know if people realize that it's that many, but how, 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 how there, many teams have not won? won? Twelve teams still have yet to, to not win a Super Bowl. Twelve? Again, wait, 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 it, no, it's twelve. It's the Super Bowl era, which means that if you you're not including the championships, right? So pre Super Bowl, yeah, you could win your own league, NFL, AFL. Which if you if you included that, obviously some teams come off the list, including. The Buffalo Bills, you know, the team that won AFL championships. So, who has not won a Super Bowl? Well, the teams that have not won a Super Bowl, Cardinals, Panthers, Falcons, Lions, Vikings, Chargers, Jaguars, Texans, Titans. Dolphins won two. Dolphins have won multiple Super Bowls. I did not say Dolphins. Okay. James, let him say the list before you talk over I know all about the undefeated season, and my boy Larry Zonko, who went to Syracuse, and that whole team, Greasy, the undefeated club, the multiple Super Bowls, the Dolphins, I did not say. Cardinals, Panthers, Falcons, Lions, Vikings, Chargers, Jaguars, Texans, Titans, Bengals, Browns, and Bills. That's it. That's the list. So, what I did was, I not only put those teams down there, but then I listed all the things that go into it. Quarterback, health, that season, your opponent, and breaks. I take nothing away from the Patriots. Incredible, incredible 20 years. Nine appearances, six wins, never see it again. They've also had the most breaks in NFL history. It's it's, it's a fact. I'm not hating on them. Not true, because because my because my nineties Yankees did as well. You know, Jeffrey Mayer getting in the way of you know for the Jeter home run is basically the Patriots version of the Tuck rule. I mean, it really is. I mean it, it really is. Um, or 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 
Mo Lewis hitting Drew Bledsoe. You know, thank God, by the way, that Drew Bledsoe made it through that because that was obviously really serious. And the new book, the Dynasty book by Jeff Benedict, by the way, is, is insane. It's so good. Um, and it really dives in deep in the beginning, but that's a whole other story for another day in terms of the, the operating of, of Bledsoe. But, like, dude, you need, like, breaks happen. You, luck happens. Like, those things happen. Those are those are obvious things. I mean, it's, I mean, I think looking back on it now, for as much as we wanted Michael Jordan to play his entire career with the Bulls and not retire when he was getting a little bit of gambling trouble and his dad got murdered and all the other stuff. Michael Jordan retiring was the greatest thing to ever happen for the NBA because he retired. We were all chomping at the bit for him to come back. He ends up going 6-0 and in the finals because he came back and he was refreshed and hungry. And, you know, his legacy is still the same thing. It's still, it's still stamped. It's probably even more impressive that he left to play a harder sport in baseball. And Michael Jordan plays all those years. I don't think they make it to six finals. I don't think he goes six and zero, and I don't think he wins six rings. Maybe overall, who knows? Because you had all the Krauss and Reinsdorf stuff. You had you had all sorts of stuff going on, you know. And Pippen's contract. I mean, does Rodman even join the Bulls if, if Jordan stays the whole time? I, I, who knows, right? So like, dude, breaks are. I mean, breaks are huge. Luck is huge. But you know what? Like, look at the teams and the players to get the most lucky and to get the breaks, they're also kicking the shit out of everybody. And so, you know, I've played with a lot of great golfers, right? A lot, a lot of players who are way better than my ass. And it's funny how they get more little nicks off the tree into the fairway than I do. Well, you know what? <laughs> they're better than I am, you know? So it's going to be, you're right. The Chiefs, I mean, that one bad break, maybe that's the one. You know what? Maybe Eric Bieniemy leaving is like, uh-oh, right? Like, uh-oh. I mean, look at Carson Wentz without Frank Reich. You know, how come people don't talk about that more? It's like, oh, well, Carson Wentz has lost this. He's lost that. He's not a quarterback anymore. I don't think Carson Wentz looks good. I don't think, you know, he also doesn't have any weapons around him. The 50% part of Carson Wentz is, is not there. He doesn't, but, he, but his part is also brutal. Well, in a new environment, what happens if he goes to Indianapolis next year and he has T.Y. Hilton and he's got a great offensive line? He has Quentin Nelson on his blind side. And he has his old buddy Frank Wright guiding the way. Is Carson Wentz reborn? I don't know. Maybe. Like, what happens to Mahomes if the enemy goes away? Is, 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 is Does Mahomes take one step back, or does he take two steps back? I don't know. These are the things that we have to wait and see. But, yes, breaks are a part of sports, no doubt. As is, you know, breaks, luck, whatever you want to call it. Both, I don't care. But they're big. They're huge. They're huge. Yeah, and it's interesting to see what will happen when, um, when the if the um, if and when the Emory takes a head coaching job. See what happens with Mahomes. Well, he's gone. I mean, he's gone. He's gone. After this year, he's gone. There's yeah. no doubt. There's no doubt now. Yeah, I, I know when. I'm just saying we'll see next season how Mahomes is going to be without the enemy. If it, if the enemy was was the reason that Mahomes is great, or Mahomes was just that damn special that we didn't even know. So it's going to be very interesting to see. Um, I want to switch gears now. I want to talk about the NHL. Um, the NHL is supposed to come back um, January 13th, supposedly. Um, you are a big Buffalo Sabres fan. Um, here's to say, I, I feel like Jack Eichel, I know the organization has done a lot for him, but he kind of comes off as a prima donna where you guys had multiple head coaches, multiple GMs, but... When is the time when you start looking at the player and saying, well, maybe it's your fault, Jack. 
Maybe it's your fault. Well, first of all, you obviously are really, you're totally misguided because they haven't done anything for him. <laughs> I mean, the Sabres have blown a ton of drafts. They blew up the farm system. They fired Chris Taylor, and they haven't done anything for him, period. I mean, that's, that's but not But it was on the request of Eichel. Eichel was the one, is all center of this. Eichel, if Eichel's supposed to be the guy, why can't Eichel be the one to help his team do something? Did you watch Jack Eichel play hockey last year? I did watch Jack Eichel play hockey. Okay, what, what, what did you see from Jack Eichel last year? Mm-hmm. What did you see? Pull up, pull, what did you see? What did you see? Pull up his numbers. Listen, Jack Eichel, I have a really good friend who covers a team. He's in the locker room every day. Jack Eichel is a little bit of a kind of a snobby, you know, kid. He has his moments. Um, he does call some of the shots in the organization. He did call for some guys to get fired. Um, you know, they brought in Ralph Kruger as the ultimate communicator, partly for Jack. Yes, but I think it was more along the lines of today's NHL approach, by the way, coaching-wise, is going much like baseball in terms of, like, the cool dad, right? Like, why did the Yankees hire Aaron Boone, right, to be the cool dad, not like Girardi to be, you know, tell somebody he's lazy. Instead of telling Gary Sanchez to work his ass off, you know, like Joe Girardi would, Aaron Boone's going to go up and give him a back rub and an ice cream cone, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, so, 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 there, so there was a little bit of that for sure. But Jack Eichel has turned into a superstar in the NHL. You cannot, you cannot doubt that. So Jack Eichel, on his own last year, I mean, you take Jack Eichel away and you're dead. So now the favors went out and they got Taylor Hall. They went out and had a pretty good draft. Um, and we'll see what happens. I think that the Sabres need, regardless of Jack Eichel's there or not, I think they've got a depth problem uh, at both defense and at forward. I think they've got a really you know, get some things together there because that's a huge thing in the NHL. I mean, your third line guys are huge in playoffs. Your grind guys are big. You know, you got to be two, three centers deep in this league. And I think, I think the Sabres might be getting there soon, but again, this is, this is becoming a problem in Buffalo. This team is, they haven't made the playoffs in nine years. That's, that's a long time in a league that allows half the league to make it. And so they got, they got to make it. But I mean, to say like, organization hasn't done anything for Jack Eichel. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, this guy, I mean, that's just, that's just crazy. Crazy. Jack Eichel's numbers, um, wait, 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 wait. Jack Eichel's numbers, 78 points, 36 goals, 42 assists. The man, the guy is a star. He is a superstar. He's one of the better players in the NHL. But it's just, it it feels like, it feels like Buffalo, it's just, it is upsetting, right? You guys had a good draft. Um, you guys got Taylor Hall, but you have no depth. Like what? What? Like you, you guys are it's looking like you guys are probably gonna have a mediocre season, and and you better make the playoffs because they're gonna expand the playoffs. There, you better make the playoffs because well, it's gonna have the same season. Here's the thing, um, and I, I think just a second ago I misspoke. The organization, I mean, to say that they've done everything for Jack Eichel is what I meant to say is crazy. Um, they haven't done, they, they've done nothing. I mean, that, they've done nothing for the most part except hire Ralph Kruger uh, until now to get Taylor Hall. I mean, that, that's it. I mean, that, those are the two things that they've really pretty much done for Jack Eichel. Um, if you want to throw Jeff Skinner in there, signing him, 
fine team, I guess. But the organization, the Pagoulas have not run the Sabres like they have the Bills, and it's been very, very public. All you have to do is go read Tim Graham's stuff in the Athletic, and you'll learn all about it. Um, but making the playoffs is, listen, there's no question. That is it, period, end of discussion. They have to make the postseason. Um, this, these divisions are going to be wild because you're playing the same team a million times. Um, they got to yeah, make it. The division that's, are that's real. Yeah. The divisions are going to be realigned. It's going to be um, mm-hmm. it's going to be Buffalo, Boston, the three right. um the three um, New York teams, Flyers, Flyers. and then they got the Flyers and Penguins. So basically, mm-hmm. you're you're going to be mm-hmm. playing you're going to be playing the same teams like at least thirty times. Well, they 30. have all kinds of they have all kinds of problems against the Bruins. You got to deal with Crosby and Malkin and Getzel with the Penguins. You got to deal with the Flyers and Giroux. And I think Vigneault is a really good coach, by the way. The Flyers are going to be a pain in the ass all year. Um, that's a that's a tough division, man. That's a tough division. They've got to make. They got to figure out a way, and that's all there is to it. They have to figure out a way. Like the Rangers, the Rangers, you got the Rangers. They're going to be really good too. Yeah, I, li- I like what they're doing there. I really do. Um, so you can. Even though the Islanders are taking a step back, they're still really good. Very yeah, the Islanders, by the way. Yeah, the Islanders are tough. The Islanders are a real, real tough team. They, I mean, when you watch the Islanders. After they lost Tavares, it was really funny to hear people, oh, what's going to happen? And, and they just, like, started to get better. You know, they just started playing team hockey, and, and they wanted to prove, prove people wrong. And I, they're like the ultimate blue. They're, they're, I like watching the Islanders because they are hockey, man. You watch that, and you're like, okay. They're going up against, you know, the, the Capitals, right? And you go into the third period, and you're watching them, and you're like, this team has a 2-1 lead over Ovechkin? Like what? And you know, Ovechkin might score three goals, but um, you know, they're 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 a fun team. They're a fun blue collar, like get it dirty type of club. That's gonna be a tough division. I, I don't care who's in what division. I don't care if the Sabres had to deal with the seventies Canadians and the Devils with Marty Brodeur and the Avalanche with Patrick Wasak and Peter Forsberg and Bobby Orr and the Bruins and Make the playoffs for God's sake! Just make the playoffs once. Sixteen teams in your in your league make the postseason. You haven't made it in nine years. Get your ass together. You know, get get your shit together. Get off your ass. Make the playoffs. You got Eichel's a superstar. You got Taylor Hall. You added him. You know, you got a little bit of depth there through the draft. Get it done. Go make the playoffs. Enough's enough. Um, and if not, and if not, maybe and if not, maybe Josh Allen can play center at the third line. Call Josh Allen, come to play center. Because yeah. God says you can't, you can't go nine years without making the playoffs. That's all. That's, That's insane. Nine years without making the playoffs. But, but, guys, it's in that league. It's just like the NBA. Half the league makes it. I mean, it, it's, it's inexcusable. It doesn't matter. If you've been the Sabres and you've tanked, I mean, they actually tanked for real. Like, everybody's wondering, like, the Jets are tanking, right? Well, I don't know, maybe. I think it's hard to tank at the NFL. Last year, the Dolphins, we thought were doing it. Surprise, Brian Flores was had him going at the end of the year. I mean, it's somewhat hard to tank. I mean, teams in the NBA have done it. Like, no, 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 the Sabres actually really, really tanked. And it was ugly. And guess what happened? They didn't get the number one pick. <laughs> It was Connor McDavid going to the Oilers. That's uh, they tanked and got Jack Eichel. But it doesn't matter if you tank or you don't or you're middle of the road or if you go. I mean, if you're in the NFL and you you, you go six and ten, like if you take a nine year stretch of anybody in the playoffs, right, or anybody in the league, even the last nine years, like most teams have made the playoffs once, and only six teams go to the playoffs. Like you, you have to make the playoffs. 
in the NHL once a decade, dude. Like it's 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 absurd. It's absurd. Um, you got the book through Ring Circus by Jeff Perlman. What's what's your thoughts on the book so far? Haven't started it. Okay. Haven't started. I can't. I can't wait to. I can't wait to start it. Um, I breezed through a couple of little things. It seems like obviously incredible drama. A lot of egos. A lot of. A lot of L.A. A lot of West Coast. A lot of. You know, a lot of mama mentality. Um, a lot of Shaq. A lot of Shaq versus Kobe, and vice versa. Um, Perlman is incredible. I mean, I have read. I don't know ten of his books now. Twelve of his books. I've had him probably on eight to twelve times on shows in the past and currently. Uh, on the podcast, I mean, the, the Sweetness book, the bio on, on Walter Payton, it's amazing. And, and, I mean, the Bad Guys 1 is great on the 86 Nuts and the 90s Cowboys book is insane. And, I mean, he just writes, oh, my God, he's so good. But I haven't started it yet. I am actually, when I hang up with you guys, I am hoping to take another chunk out of my Roy Halliday bio. Um, and then I've got a couple of little things to read, and then probably... It'll be Three Ring Circus into the new Jerry Seinfeld book into possibly, finally, a 900-page bio on the Beatles. So we'll see how that goes. Um, what are your thoughts on Tom Brady and the, and the Tampa Bay Bucks? Oh, I don't know who they are. I, I just don't. I mean, I look at them and I say, wow, like, offensive weapons galore. Tom Brady, you know, you're going to doubt him, and then you wake up the next day and he's in the NFC title game, right? Um, but clearly there is some rift offensively, right? I mean, Brady kind of wants to precision him to death and dink and dunk like the Patriot days and Arians might want to throw over the top. Um, defensively, same thing. I don't know who they are. I mean, one minute you're, you're great and you're taking the ball away left and right, and then the next minute you're like, you look like a peewee team against the Saints twice. Um, I, I don't know who they are. I, I don't. I, I mean that. I don't know who they are. I don't know who they can beat on the big stage. I don't know. I think you could argue that going into the postseason, if they make it, um, they're, they, they could be the biggest conundrum going in because I don't think we've learned enough. <laughs> it's almost January. I don't know who they are. I don't. That's my answer. If you was Bruce Arians... Would you back off and let Tom do Tom because he has a brilliant resume of he knows how to win football games? Or would you try try to work with him but also do some of what you want to do as well? What would you do if you were coaching the ball? Um, that's a good question. I think that um, I'd probably try to instill a little bit of a Bill Walsh in there, right? Like, there, there's been this misconception that Tom Brady is a system quarterback, right, from his New England days. Or was he system? Remember when Matt Castle won, won 11 and 5 without Brady? Yeah, I sure do. The Patriots can make the playoffs. That, <laughs> the that's what everyone goes to, by the way. I hate that so much. Everyone it's goes, stupid. But they it's win 11 ridiculous. and 5 when Tom Brady got hurt. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. And it's so irresponsible. And, it's, and, it, and, and what they miss is. With Brady, you would have gone thirteen and three or fourteen and two at home field and won another Super Bowl, probably. So give me a break. I would probably try to be a little bit of Bill Walsh, and what I mean by that is, even if you have a player who is good for a system, you still create the playbook and the agenda that fits him. 
And that's another thing going back to the Bills that Brian Dable has done unbelievably well this year. And thank goodness that, you know, he's kind of eliminated those stupid read option plays where, you know, he's making Allen run more than he should. Tom Brady, in the past, another misnomer. Well, he never really threw the deep ball in New England. He threw just underneath to Wes Welker and Evan Dolan and Edelman and all the... Well, no, he threw every possible ball to every possible guy. Five yards, 10 yards, 20 yards, 30 yards, red zone, up in the air for Randy Moss, across the middle to Edelman. Uh, it's everybody, Gronk. I mean, every single guy, every Deion Branch. I mean, you know, he, so... What would I do with this? I mean, I think you probably have got to see. You got to test him, you know, and you got to see going into the final big guys. Like, how far can you throw? Right? I mean, how is there a middle ground between throwing, you know, the bomb to Mike Evans and and the little. You know, six, seven yard throw over the middle. I would say 45 to 50 yards because you saw against the Chiefs, he did have a couple of really good throws to Mike Evans, right? So, so if you're asking for 60 plus, I, I think you're not going to get it. But I, I think you can do the 40, 50 hook and ladder, you know, over the top throw like that. So, yeah, if, I mean, 60 you know, plus, dude, what, 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 I'm, not, I'm not saying throw it three fifths of the field here. I mean, I'm saying figure out like if you can throw over the numbers 25 yards and and or or if like 15 is like your limit you know meaning you can occasionally throw it over the numbers man coverage you know zone whatever okay but like if it's more of a 15 yard deal then i think you have to create the offense for the majority of the throws that he can make um you know, as opposed to, okay, Tom, go ahead and run your offense however you want and throw it like you did in New England short and long, right? Like, he's not that quarterback anymore. I mean, in fairness, like, he's still really good. He still has a lot of great moments. He can still reach in the fourth quarter. Um, but there's a lot of bad Tom right now, and he is 43. I mean, he is showing finally, like, finally he is showing some age. So I think you've got to find the, the happy medium, and I think that's very difficult right now. I do. Um, alrighty. Well, well, Mike, you know the time of the show. We want to do some rapid fire. So you ready, man? Man, I am born ready for rapid fire, dude. I <laughs> love rapid fire. Alright, let's do it. Who, Alright, who's the MVP of the NFL team? Patrick Mahomes, man. I mean, I, I mean, I think it ranks Mahomes, Rogers. By the way, Derek Henry, number three. Um, I think those are your top three guys. Josh, Josh Allen, 3A. 3A. If the Bills win the Super Bowl, um, well, the city of Buffalo is not going to be around if they win the Super Bowl. But, um, you know, Josh Allen's the MVP. Forget everybody else. <laughs> is DJ LeMay going to re-sign with the Yankees? <laughs> I was hoping you weren't going down that road, but I knew you were going to ask me a Yankee question. <sighs> no. Yankees Twitter is going to go on flames. Okay, so then who is the Yankees' big signing acquisition? Nobody. Oh, oh, is George Springer going to be a man? Yes. Is Where is Trevor Bauer going? That is the ultimate one, isn't it? Yes. Oh. 
By the way, I think DJ LeMate is one of the Blue Jays. Um, Trevor Bauer, I think, is going to go. You know where I think he's going to go? I think I think something's going to happen where Artie Moreno comes up with some kind of wild money knowing that he's got a window with Trout. And I think he's going to go to the Angels. I say Padres. Um, I, I say Padres. I say Padres. I say Padres as well. Um, two quick ones. Stick with baseball. Where does Francisco Lindor end up? Uh, end up going? <sighs> Lindor. I think he stays in Cleveland for the for the Cleveland baseball team, right? How about that, huh? <laughs> the Cleveland baseball I think. Yeah, I think he stays until the trade deadline, and then I think that he gets moved. To like a frontline National League contender, Cardinals looking to make a push. Uh, hell, maybe if the Cubs clear out a ton of payroll, they're willing to just take a stab on him to go win a division. Um, one of those type teams, I think. And by the way, on San Diego, Trevor Bauer to San Diego—that's a lot of money for him and Machado. You're dealing with about five hundred fifty million for two guys. I don't know. Yeah. That's a ton. But I think Lindor stays and then gets traded at the deadline. Okay, um, now the, the big question is, if the Yankees don't win the World Series, which I don't think they're going to anyways, um, does Brian Cashman and um, Aaron Boone get fired? No, they don't. They don't, because as long as the owner is clueless, they're going nowhere. Those two guys are going nowhere. The analytic nerd cave, the, the geek squad is full well going in the Bronx. They're all up into whip and launch angle and OBP and all these neat things like statistics, like pulling Davy Garcia and, you know, all these different cool, I'm smarter than you because I have a degree from MIT, um, <laughs> all those things, as opposed to baseball, which is, you know, starting pitching, bullpen, timely hitting, and the right mix of guys. And by the way, not caving in the pressure moments. They are no, this team is no collection of savages. Brian Cashman's time is up. Aaron Boone probably should go. And if you know the article that I read, and I know it's rapid fire, but I'll take 10 more seconds on this. I've always said you should have taken a chance. I would have fired them both at the end of the year gotten rid of all the analytical crap, used a little bit of it, and gone out and gotten Dayton Moore and hired Alex Cora. That's what I would have done. Absolutely. And before and before we end this, the most important question, between the Mets and the Yankees, who's winning the World Series first? Well, I always have to choose the Yankees. The Mets? I mean, come on. I always have to choose the Yankees. My God, you, you guys didn't realize that the last time the Mets won the World Series was like 15, 20 years before you were born, right? So, I mean, it, come on. It's, it's always the Yankees until I see the Mets winning. Come on, man. Come on. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. The only reason we ask is because, all the reason I ask is because Big Stevie Cohen, with his big bags of money, is going is gonna to be spending some money. So that's why we kind of have to ask that question. Fair. No, I mean, look, Cohen's going to be good for the Mets, there's no doubt. Um I still want the Yankees because even if listen, even if the Mets get three primo free agents, they play in a tougher division. I mean, the NL East is a better division than, than the AL East, I think. Right? I mean, the NL East has got the Nats fresh off of a World Series win. They've got the Braves up and coming. The Marlins are scrappy. 
I think the Phillies are probably maybe a, a bullpen or two guy away from really, really being a problem, uh, perhaps. So, you know, it's, it's going to be wild, man. And I just hope that they, I just want the Yankees to be constructed properly to go into a postseason to, to just be a, the real, like a, a right contender. Because I think that's where people miss the boat. I'm not saying you have to win it every year. I'm not saying that, you know, you're, that you're supposed to, you know, collect 10 rings in 10 years, right? I'm not saying any of that. You guys know that. But where I'm sitting with the Yankees, with the resources and the people they have and the players and all that stuff and the history and the expectations, they're not, they're not, their GM still misses so much of how to build a team to win in October. And it's super frustrating because he's been there forever. And he learned under Bob Watts, and he learned under Gene Michael. And now, because it's an analytical world, he's reversing what he learned. And that bothers me big time. He's just, I, I can't stand the guy. I can't stand him. Well, the nerds are ruining baseball, and it, it, it sucks for me. I don't, I don't like it. But as always, Mike, we always have a blast with you. Thank you for taking time and coming on. And uh, hope you have a lovely Christmas with your family. Happy holidays, guys. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. No problem, Mike. Take it here. All right, so James was a savage in the box, you know, all, over over an hour ago. Um, we're going to go another 10 more minutes because I think it's important for James, you know, to talk his shit, to spill the tea. So, James, continue on being a savage. Well, first things first, before I do, let's thank Mike Lindsay for coming on the show because I want to say this. Before we, before we forget. Mike, thank you for coming on the show. So let's get that out of the way. Nick, same thing. Thank you for Mike for coming on the show. Always, always, always. As always. Absolutely. Now, now I got now, now I got to talk some stuff. All right. See, I, everyone knows I'm a nice guy. And I don't just say that because I'm being a braggadocious. I'm saying it's because of fact. But if you, you have, because you, this girl, this girl, who I've been with, who I was dating before, before I decided to join the Twitter universe for years. Like, I thought I was going to spend my future with her, you know, new, nearly got her pregnant. Whoa! You know, and we, yeah, 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 had a pregnancy scare. What's the shorty's name? And I, Caitlin. Caitlin, don't come on down. And funny, I've done everything. First off, I was there when your grandfather passed. I was there when your dad had open heart surgery. I was there when your dog died. I was there for that. I've done everything. I've taken you out. We've gone on dates to New York City. We've gone on vacations together. We even went to Canada together. We've done everything. And the thanks you've given me was shit. You never got me anything except for gift cards and a free oil change on my car. You decided to spend all the time with your female friend. But when I have female friends, oh, no. You're cheating on me. Nah, nah, nah. We, we, we don't do that double standards out here. First off, you're a bitch. And you're Apparently, you know, apparently for your fat ass, you know, you forget to wipe in between. 
Alright, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You, 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 you mean to tell me you would go down to, to, to get some child time and you have to tell her, yo, babe, did you watch? Really? You had, you had, you had to do all that? I, I asked her all the time. Oh my God. Yo, ladies, isn't that a party foul? Come on, man. Like... Like, I thought it was common sense. I thought all common sense is you gotta you gotta watch. Now, now obviously, ladies have more high hygiene than we do because you know they get a visitor every month and there's billions and billions of products to to I'm sure to help with that. But like when you shower, like shouldn't that be a thing? So man, oh. And the worst, see, and, and, and listen, this is just her. This is, and I want to preface my comment. I respect all women. And Nick, we said everyone on the top of the show. Don't, do we respect all, do we respect women? Do we, is that our initiative? Do we respect women? Absolutely. But, do we say we have to earn respect? 1,000%. Respect got to go two ways. And I respect, and I am more sensitive to women because I was raised by women, and I came out from a woman. So I have ultimate respect for women. But if you treat me like shit, make me feel like a loser, question every single person I date, and then you cheat on me, and thinking that I was the problem without telling me what was wrong so we can fix it, and I'm the bad guy? Nah, bitch. That's not how this works. That is not how relationships work. It is a two-way communication street. And if you think ghosting me is okay and thinking, well, you have to fake for my love. Nah, bitch, I'm not a mind reader. I don't mean read minds. What the fuck this is? I'm not psychic. I'm not that so raven with that psychic mind <laughs> shit. You gotta communicate. And you didn't communicate. And first off, and the last thing I'm gonna say is, first of all, I hope whoever dates, I hope they ever date, man. I hope whoever dates understands that you're, you're worthless. You're a loser. I had to help you get your job. I had to help you get a job before you even went to college. In fact, you didn't even finish college. You dropped out after the first semester. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't want people turning on you now. Don't, don't make fun of Shorty for not finishing college. I mean, you know.
you said besides the college thing, you said a couple of things that may make people come at you a little bit. So, you know, I think in every relationship is different, right? You know, if if you're doing gifts for others, should the other uh, should the other person do gifts for you too? Yes, but it's not it's not a mandatory thing. You know what I'm saying? Just because you're willing to buy her gifts and whatnot, you know, you know, and and maybe she can only afford gift cards, or 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 maybe you did something to her at that time where she was gonna get something better, get, and she just wanted you to gift card. So just because you give a certain level of gift doesn't mean that person has to give you that level of gift back. So 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 that's an, that's another thing you sh- you should walk back. You know, you you getting her a job, I mean, that makes you look good, but just because you do that it doesn't mean she should be super grateful. I mean, she should be grateful, but you were doing that because that's your girl. You, you know what I'm saying? So I I, I get why you're throwing those stuff in the face right now, but you're 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 reheard again. You know what I'm saying? So you you gotta take a little bit with a grain of salt. Um, the stank part, I mean, that's just horrible. You know, grown ass woman, grown ass man, shouldn't have to tell you if, it, if you have to say that part more than once. It's you know, I w- I, w- I would have never gone down there, never. I would have been like, I asked you too many times, and stop it. You know, you 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 gotta think why. Go to go go to the gyno, find out why. You know, it's, and that's and that's just bad. But listen, ladies, James is a good guy. You know, hit hit him up on Twitter, Black Reaper Fifty Two. Hit him up on the Gram, Dark Knight Zero Two Five. You know, he also has Old People Facebook. So, make this man happy, you know what I'm saying? Give him some love. Talk to him, you know. He's a good guy, he's a good guy. So, he he does have a good job. He, he owns his own home. He's a smart man. So, he'll, he'll make a good boyfriend. Um, You know, so, I'm, I'm sure he really did nothing to deserve this. And, again, she had a meaning of choosing to call you, right? So, she'll probably do it again. And if she does, and she leaves another voicemail, save that voicemail, and we'll be able to hear Shorty Talk Reckless. Um, but it was a good episode, so, you know, I'm going to make, I would like for all y'all ladies to hear this. Now, I, w- I would like for y'all ladies to hear the whole episode, but if you don't, I you know, I get it. But I I hope y'all listen to the first, I think it's 16 minutes. And then the last 10, we're going to stop it right now at 9.57.